0: As uh, we pause and reflect, let's just bow our heads in prayer and uh, prepare our hearts. Our Father, we thank you for the gift of your word, and we thank you that it is a living word that you speak to us through your word. And we just pray as we consider the events of the past uh, day or so, as we look forward uh, to this coming week, as we celebrate your coming into this world. Lord, refresh us anew, and uh, as we remind ourselves of the wonder of your grace, the wonder of your loving, love coming down into this world and into our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, hey, Christmas preparation's coming along. In this country, as in many countries around the world, Christmas is big. Like yesterday was big. Christmas is a huge event. You can't go anywhere in the weeks leading up to the leading up to Christmas Day. Well, in these days, months, you can't go anywhere without being confronted by shops and houses decorated with tinsel and flashing lights. And when you go to the shops, they're crowded with people looking for just the right gift. It's getting harder and harder, isn't it, to find just the right gift for that special person in your life? And then there are the end of the year functions, the Christmas parties to attend. And the air is filled with the sounds of Christmas carols being played or sung. And then there are the carols events and the special church services at this time of year. And then the big day arrives Christmas Day then it just seems like everything seems to slow down or shuts down as presents are opened and families and friends gather around the sumptuous meals that are laid out on tables. You know, Christmas would have to be the biggest event of the year, wouldn't it? It has more impact than any major sporting events such as football grand finals, test cricket matches, tennis tournaments, golf tournaments or even the Melbourne Cup. It's bigger than Easter, it's bigger than Anzac Day, it's bigger than the Queen's Birthday, it's bigger than Australia Day. The question I'd like to consider today is if Christmas is such a big deal, what difference does it really make? What difference does Christmas make? Well, to begin with, Christmas is essentially the celebration of the birth of a baby more than 2,000 years ago in a small town called Bethlehem in the Middle East. So what made this birth so significant that we continue to celebrate it? You know, I can't think of anyone else, anyone else's birthday that we celebrate 2,000 years after they died. But Jesus' birth was significant because this was no ordinary baby. This baby was God the God who created the universe. As the uh, prophet Isaiah wrote, 700 years before Jesus was born. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And he will be called wonderful counsellor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. You know, the almighty, all-powerful creator God, came down to earth and when he entered the world he entered it just like everybody else does as a baby. But this was no ordinary baby. You now if Jesus had stayed in the manger we wouldn't be here today. Jesus grew up and he's taught some things about God which he could do very well because he was God and then he died on the cross. He went from the manger to the cross and he became our Saviour. Okay, so we all accept that. But what difference does it make? What difference does it make? Well, I'd have to say it makes a big difference. The Bible says that because Jesus came at Christmas time, three things can be true in our life. Firstly, our past can be forgiven. Secondly, our present can be managed. And thirdly, our future can be guaranteed. Now, I just want to unpack those three things this morning. Because Jesus came at Christmas, our past can be forgiven. It says in Romans 3, uh, chapter, uh, verse 23 to 24 All of us have sinned, and yet now God declares us not guilty. Not guilty of offending Him if we trust in Christ who freely takes away our sin. That's huge news. That's good news because the fact is, I'm sorry to say this, none of us are perfect. I don't measure up to my own standards, let alone God's standards. There's a story of a little boy who wrote this letter to Santa and he said, Dear Santa, there are three boys who live at our house. There's Peter and he is two. And then there's David, he's four. And then there's Norman, and he is seven. Peter is good some of the time. David is good some of the time. But Norman is good all of the time. I am Norman. (laughs) The problem is, none of us are Normans. None of us are good all the time. And you know, we stuff up we sin, we do the wrong thing, we don't obey God's commands. And so we all have regrets about what we've done. And that leaves us with guilt. And guilt has a devastating effect on our lives because guilt can rob us of happiness. It can cause depression. It can make us sick. Guilt can do all kinds of things to us. And some people will do anything to get rid of guilt. Some people take drugs or get drunk. or Some people try counselling. Some people even try travel to escape the guilt that they carry with them. Other people become workaholics. Anything to cover up the things they wish hadn't happened in their lives. But you know, there's only one solution to guilt, and that's forgiveness. The good news is that God... God wants to forgive us. He wants to clear our conscience. And you know, when God forgives us, there are several things about it that we need need to know, we need to understand. Firstly, God's forgiveness is instant. He doesn't make us wait to forgive us. It's instant. Secondly, it's undeserved. We'll never earn God's forgiveness. We can't work for it. We can't beg God for it. We can't bribe God for it. It is totally and utterly undeserved. And thirdly, it's complete, total. The Bible says when we confess our sins to God, God says he will remember our sins no more. That's one of the most amazing things you'll read in the Bible, that the God who made the whole world chooses to forget our sin once it's confessed and forgiven that's incredible that's amazing if someone says jesus please forgive me i accept you as my savior and then they died that very same night day they would go to heaven because there is nothing to separate them from god he will not hold their sins against them they are forgiven and what god forgets we can forget too that's good news Isn't it? Nod your heads. That's great. Some people are listening. And you know, (laughs) what God forgets, you can forget too. Most of us, even if we believe God forgives us, the reality is we actually find it hard to forgive ourselves. We hold on to guilt over the years. But somebody once said, put it like this, when God forgives us, he takes our sins and throws them in the deepest part of the ocean, and then he puts up a no-fishing sign. This is difficult for many people to accept or understand. When we come to passages like Isaiah 9, verses 1 and 2, it says, there will be no more gloom for those who were in darkness. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness, a light Has dawned. This is revolutionary. This is life changing. People living in bondage to sin and who are carrying a burden of guilt around are the people that Isaiah is referring to who are living in darkness and distress. But you know, we're told elsewhere that Jesus is the light of the world, Jesus is the one who comes as the light that casts out darkness. but there is a choice to be made. You can either keep your eyes shut and remain in the darkness or you can open your eyes and let the light shine in. And when the light shines in, when it comes into your life, when Jesus comes into our life, he begins by forgiving our sins. And regardless of who we are or what we've done or what we think we've done, he can and he will forgive us. That's how much we matter to our God. Now, that would be good enough in itself, but the good news of Christmas and the reason that it's so important, the reason billions of people celebrate it, is not just because it takes care of our past. When we let Jesus into our life, something incredible happens. In uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17, Paul says that if anyone is in Christ, he becomes a new person. Altogether, the past is finished and gone. Everything becomes fresh and new. God wants us to not just turn over a new leaf, God wants to give us a new life. It's like starting again, being born all over, which brings us to our second truth. Because Jesus came at Christmas, our present can be managed. And continue with Isaiah chapter 9, verses 3 to 6, it says, You, that's God, have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. This, these words are written down 700 years, 700 years before Jesus was born. And it's a promise from God that he would bring joy and peace to a troubled people who were defeated and who had little hope for the future. And he would do this through a baby born into this world, a baby who would be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. And you know, for 700 long years, the people of Israel looked and waited for the fulfillment of that prophecy. But this prophecy also speaks to our present reality. God has promised that he will stand by us, that he will provide the power and the ability to do amazing things in his name, that he will guide or counsel us, and with him in our lives, we will experience true joy, that we'll find peace, his peace, that peace that passes all understanding. We'll find contentment and rest with him. You know, many people are carrying a lot of stress at this time. And life can wear us down. It can depress us. And people are always looking for additional energy. Probably safely say that today. <laughs> There's a lot of tired people here today. But we're always looking for something to give our lives that little bit extra, aren't we? But the good news is that Jesus, who came at Christmas time 2,000 years ago, can give us what we need to manage our present circumstances. I don't know what your years have all been like. Ours hasn't been that great in lots of ways. And we don't know what 2017 holds. But we can face whatever eventuates because God assumes the responsibility to meet our needs. When we give our life to Christ, when we let that light come into our lives, he assumes responsibility to take care of all our needs. Paul writes in Romans 8.32 that God gave us his own son. Can we not trust such a God to give us everything else that we need? He says he'll supply all of our needs. And if he supplies all of our needs, what else is left? The answer is nothing. Now, when we left our last church, we weren't sure where God was taking us and what he wanted us to do when we got there. However, we had a very strong sense of God calling us to Oran Park. At the time, we were heading into very uncertain waters financially, but I received a very clear assurance from God that he would satisfy all our needs. And I stand here today to say that he has not let us down one little bit. And Kathy and I feel truly blessed by God's provisions for us. Okay, so he takes care of our past. He takes care of our present And thirdly, our future can be guaranteed. Our future can be guaranteed. You know, the fear of death is a universal problem. It doesn't matter who or what you are. Let me tell you, we are all going to die one day. We will all face death. It's an inevitable fact of life that we're all going to die. If you're into statistics, let me tell you that the mortality rate in Australia is 100%. And since we're all going to die, it seems foolish to go through life unprepared for something you know that is inevitable. So it makes sense to be prepared for it. People generally don't like to speak about death because basically they're uncertain about what's going to happen when they die and come face to face with God. And there's often that lurking fear. That they may not be good enough to get into heaven. Well Let's just pause a moment and look at how this may play out. I'll just play a little video. Hopefully it will come up. Push again. Can you hear that? Good how are you going to go you know the fact is god doesn't want us to fear death he doesn't want us to be uncertain about whether we will qualify for heaven jesus came to set us free from the fear of death because if you have a relationship with jesus if jesus is your friend you needn't be worried about what's going to happen you already know where you're going and for a christian believer death is just a homecoming a transition to better things we get a glimpse of that oh hang on there we go that's no, going to be tricky okay we get a glimpse of that in isaiah 9 7 which says of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end we will reign on he will reign on david's throne and over his kingdom Establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. You know, in heaven, God will reign with justice and righteousness. And we can look forward to spending eternity in his presence, face to face with our glorious Saviour. And we will experience his peace, his joy, forever and ever and ever. You know, at Christmas time, Probably the most used word you hear is present. Everybody's worried about giving or getting the right presents. Oop. We really like that good of meter, don't we? <laughs> presents. God has some gifts wrapped up for you this time of year. And there are three gifts, but they're wrapped up in one big gift. That gift is called Jesus. The best Christmas gift ever. And when you receive Jesus, the gift, you get three related gifts. You get the gifts, gift of forgiveness, which takes care of our past. You get the gift of strength. And that takes care of the present. Jesus says, I am with you. I'll handle it. You don't know what's going to happen, but I'll be with you. I'll be there with you. And I will help you. I'll support you. I'll give you what you need when you need it. And then thirdly, there's the gift of eternal life. When we look at these gifts, there are several things to notice. They are personal, they come in a person, the person of Jesus. They are practical. They are exactly what we need. They take care of our past, our present, and our future. They are priceless. They cost, they cost Jesus his life. They cost God his son. And you know, that shows the worth of us. When we receive a gift that precious, that expensive, you realise that somebody really values you. God says you are valuable. And fourthly, they are permanent. This is a permanent gift. It goes on and on for eternity so I just want to ask conclude with two questions firstly have you received God's Christmas gift of Jesus you know it would be strange if someone gave you a beautifully wrapped Christmas present and you just put it on the shelf still wrapped and left it there and then some months later the giver of the gift asked you what you thought of the gift And all you could say was that you hadn't had time to unwrap it yet. The tragedy is many people celebrate Christmas year after year and they never open God's Christmas gift. It doesn't make sense. Have you accepted God's gifts of forgiveness, strength and eternal life through his son Jesus? You're not going to find it under a tree until it's actually in your heart. I heard a story of a father some time ago who gave his young daughter, little daughter, some pl- a string of plastic pearls, and she wore them for years. They were very precious to her. But when she turned 13, her father said, I want you to give me those plastic pearls. And she very reluctantly took them off and handed them back to her father. And with his other hand, he gave her a set of real pearls. In much the same way, God is saying to you, Give me the cheap plastic thrills. Give me the things you think satisfy but really don't, and I'll give you something genuine, something real. I'll give you something that's precious, something that will last if you'll trust me. Secondly, second question How do you receive God's Christmas gift? You receive God's gift by believing. It's that simple. What does it mean to believe in Jesus? It means more than just having a head knowledge. I believe in the existence of people like Stalin, Mao Zedong, Hitler, but I'm not a Nazi or a communist. But I believe in Jesus. And I'm proud to say that I am a Christian because I've committed my life to him. If you believe in Jesus, make a commitment and say, Jesus, I receive your gift of forgiveness of power for today and your guarantee for the future with you in heaven. And in exchange for that, I want to trust you with my life. That's what it means to believe in him. You know, people come here for many different reasons. Some of you come out of habit. Some of you came because a friend invited you. Some of you came because it's the thing to do. But regardless of why you think you're here, God brought you here today to say to you, I have a gift for you at Christmas because you matter to me. So I challenge you not to waste another Christmas by refusing to open God's gift. So as we close, if you'd just like to bow your heads, would you pray in your heart this prayer? Dear God, I don't understand it all but I believe that you love me. Sometimes I have a hard time believing that, but I believe you love me. Thank you for sending Jesus at Christmas. This Christmas, I want to receive Jesus, your Christmas gift to me, Lord. And Lord Jesus, as much as I know how, I want you, I want to ask you to make yourself real to me. Come into my life. Please forgive my past, Help me to manage my present problems and give me the assurance that I'll be with you in heaven when I die. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen.